0: My husband and I had a FaceTime chat with our granddaughter the other day. And she was really excited to show us her forts, which had been made out of blankets and chairs and pillows. And she's been into making forts for a long time and into having her own little spaces for as long as I can remember. She's only five and a half years old, but there has always been that excitement about having her own little space. My husband and I probably encouraged that quite a bit because we have a teepee for her at our house, and then we also got her her own teepee, I think for her third birthday. And last year for her birthday, we got her a, a fort kit, which is, it's it's actually so tempting to get one for myself because it looks like so much fun. It's these pieces of cardboard that uh, you can interconnect with these little strips of Velcro. So basically, you can build whatever kind of structure you want. And she's built structures with this kit that are as tall as me. And I, I love encouraging that, which is a total projection of what I loved to do as a kid. But I think it's something that a lot of kids want to do. And when I started to think about this, I found it quite fascinating that... From a very young age, we have this longing to create a space that is completely our own and that we get to put whatever we want into it. Farron already has very specific ideas about what she wants to put inside these little dwellings, and it was exactly what I wanted to do. I always wanted to create my own little nest where I could be kind of hidden, and it was just for me. I had an astrology reading done a few years ago, and it was the second reading I'd had done with a woman named Carol Ferris, who is based in Portland. The first reading I had with her was just a basic astrology reading. It was looking at the place, time, and location of where I was born. And for those of you who aren't familiar with what an astrology reading is. I share this because I did not even know when I <laughs> arranged for one, but it it essentially tells the story of what is going on in the solar system. You know, what's going on with the planets, with the sun, with the moon, with all of these other entities up in the universe. And it's a really beautiful story. It's a beautiful analogy and and a really fascinating way to look at things. And that first reading was pretty spot on in a lot of ways that were kind of goosebump inducing. For my second reading, I wanted to look ahead to the future and what story might be told in the years ahead of me. So, what Carol Ferris wanted to do is she wanted to put that within a context of what had already happened throughout my life, and basically focusing on my engagement with the world, like what, what story was being told with regard to how I engaged with the outside world versus how I engaged internally. And the analogy she used was really beautiful. She used the story of the phases of the moon. So basically, she created this overview of my entire life, and put it alongside the phases of the moon. So basically, she said, during these years, you were more outward and engaging with the outside world. And then around this age, you started moving more inward. And her little illustration showed that that was when the moon started moving toward a waning phase. And what was especially fascinating was that her little diagram showed that I started moving to a more inward phase around the time I was 12 years old, which was very precise and very spot on in a a very curious way. So when I was a kid, we moved quite a bit because my dad was a Marine, but the really lovely thing was that we always lived on or near a military base. So, there were always tons of kids everywhere, and we were all used to moving a lot. So, it, it was easy to make friends. And all I ever wanted to do as a kid was be outside. Like, I look at that period of my life and I see this kind of wild, feral child. With the neighborhood kids, we played all the usual kid games. We played kick the can, we played tag, dodgeball. Red Rover, all those games. We rode our bikes everywhere and our skateboards. And then the Wonder Woman TV show became popular and so did the Bionic Woman. And then Star Wars came out. So then there became all these games of exploring our imaginations and creating our worlds in our backyards. And if I couldn't find a kid to play with, I would just play on my jungle gym for hours at a time or run through the sprinkler or go explore the wood, the woods. That's all I wanted to do was be outside and engaging with the world. I guess when I was around 10 years old, I was in the fifth grade, I knew we were moving up to Alexandria, Virginia the summer after I finished school, and before we moved is when my mom told me that she and my dad were going to be getting a divorce once we moved to Alexandria. And I don't remember being terribly surprised about that, but it was this, this new piece of information, something that I had to prepare for, and it was a situation that was propelling me into a bigger unknown that I had, than I had known before. So we moved into a neighborhood which was right next to the, the new school I was going to have to start in the sixth grade. But I did not have that same fierce desire to be outside. And I don't have a very clear memory of exactly why. Like, I don't remember having a conscious thought of, oh, I'm in a new neighborhood, or my parents are getting divorced, or I have to start a new school, or... I don't remember having any specific memory like that. What I have a very clear memory of is that I wanted to create my own little space in my closet. Like it wasn't enough. And this was before this was before my mom and I moved out on our own. So my mom and dad and I moved to this neighborhood. We moved into a house. And during that time before my mom and I moved out, which was just a few months later, It wasn't enough that I had my own room, and it wasn't enough that I built forts out of blankets in that room, which I did a lot. I eventually wanted to be in my closet with the door closed. I don't know how I managed to get a hold of the things that I needed to make this possible, but somehow I got a teeny tiny chair and a little tiny table and a little desk lamp, and I squeezed them into the closet, which was just a normal closet, you know, with the door that slid open. So maybe it was two and a half, three feet deep. And I would get in and close the door. (laughs) And that's where I liked to spend my time. And this was in exact alignment with what this astrology reading had shown me, which I, to this day, I find so fascinating. From that point on, it wasn't that I became more internal or withdrawn per se, but what started to become increasingly important every year after that was this idea of making my space my own. I talked just a little bit about this in last week's episode where I got into middle school and I guess that was seventh grade, is when I decided I wanted to cover my walls floor to ceiling with record album covers and posters and things like that, pictures from magazines. And throughout high school, it was really important to me to have pictures of me with my friends. And in each place that I lived in, and I continued to move a lot, each dwelling and space and room that I had, it it said something different about me. And I loved the idea of being able to kind of start new and start with a blank slate and create something that reflected who I was at that time, whether I was a junior in high school or a sophomore in college or living back at home with my mom while I applied to graduate school. The thing that was (laughs) so important to me during that year when I was working in Old Town Alexandria and living with my mom is I had these lace curtains in my room and for some reason that that just felt like oh this is totally me like they're soft and they let the light in and I love the way they look when the breeze comes through the window you know these funny little details that were important and that I felt like said something about me. Even though hardly anyone ever came up to my room that year, it was important that that little space reflect who I was. While we are up here in Door County, we have a long string of guests and visitors, and this week my husband's nephew and his wife and three kids are with us, and I was able to sit down with my niece, Tsukena, who has a very big birthday coming up and who who feels kind of like a kindred spirit for a lot of reasons. So it was really interesting to sit down and talk with her about her room and her space and her approach to life and dreams and what she wants to create in her life. Thank you for being with me today for my podcast. welcome. This is Sukaina. She is, I guess you're my great niece. Is that the technical term?
1: We never use technical terms
0: anyway. I know, we don't. (laughs) (laughs) And you are here visiting us in Door County. Mm -hmm. And you have a big birthday coming up, don't you?
1: Sweet 16.
0: When is that happening?
1: August 27th.
0: And you have a big party, right?
1: Yeah, it's
0: all planned out. So much fun. So Sukaina, remember the name Sukaina Devonzo because like, I don't know, 10 years from now she's going to be like planning the White House inaugural ball. (laughs) (laughs) And I wanted to talk to you today because a few years ago, how long ago was it when you you and your family, you did a bunch of work on your house, and you got to move into a whole new big room. It
1: was around two to three years ago. hmm I think it's almost three years now. Yeah.
0: So you got to move into a new bedroom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Tell me about that. Like, Tell me about what you wanted for it, and what you did, and all that good stuff.
1: Well, my old room was really small, and so I collect a lot of books, and my books were just kind of all over the floor and stacked up. And so we already had the envisionment that, like, the books needed to be the center of attention. Nice. So that was kind of what we worked around when decorating and everything like that.
0: That's very cool. So did you start with, like, what kind of bookshelves you were going to have?
1: Well, I kind of left it up to my dad. And he just came home and started building bookshelves. <laughs>
0: You trusted him?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so in my room, the bookshelf takes up an entire wall from floor to ceiling. And I kind of worked my way around that.
0: Yeah. That's Yeah, That would make Uncle Larry very proud. <laughs> <laughs> so your dad did something that you liked? Yes. Nice. And from there, what else did you want... What else did you do so that your room would be a reflection of you?
1: Okay, so the problem with my room is I had like 10 themes in mind for what I wanted, and they didn't fit because I wanted like something more girly and then more artsy and more, you know, antique and stuff, but modern, and I just wanted everything in my room basically. (laughs) And so what I did was white bookshelves, White, basically all the furniture is white, and I kind of just added pops of color to everything. kind of make all the themes kind of fit. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Sounds a little bit like artsy bohemian. Yes. Is that good? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And what, so what colors did you use?
1: The weird thing about colors is like, so I was like researching all these different colors for months and months, and we finally get to the store and I just look at one and I was like, "Oh, that's the one." <laughs> and it was nothing like anything I researched or anything like that. I just I liked one color and we we went with it.
0: And did you love it? Yeah. I think that's how it happens. Yeah. So were you doing a lot of like Pinterest boards? Mhm. <laughs> that's a, an addicting website.
1: Yes, it is.
0: And did this feel like did you did you think about it like, "Okay, I was in this room, for the these first years of my life, I guess thirteen round sounds like around thirteen years, and now I have this new space. So was it exciting to you to be able to just start from scratch and?
1: Yes, it definitely was, and especially because the my old room was a third of the size of the new room. So I right after the paint. Dried, I moved my mattress into that room and just slept in an empty room.
0: You're so excited. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And that's another good question. It's a good thing I have editing software. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you recall, like, do you have a specific memory of in your first room when you thought, I want to do something to this room so that it reflects me? Like, do you have... Any early memories of that?
1: I wanted to change the comforter of the bed because it was, I think, Minnie Mouse. And it was really, it was like for kids. And I went out and I wanted to change the bed and I did.
0: So I made it an
1: entirely new, different thing that was more adult, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was my first big changing my room.
0: (laughs) And how did you tell your parents that?
1: I just told them, I was like, I don't need pink anymore.
0: (laughs) You're like, I'm done with Minnie Mouse. (laughs) (laughs) And how old were you? Mm, Nine, ten.
1: Yeah, not, not too old.
0: I told a little story at the beginning of this podcast about my first really clear, strong memory of wanting to do something to my room to be a reflection of me was when I was in like middle school. And I, my way of doing that was just to cover the walls, floor to ceiling.
1: Oh, with posters and stuff?
0: Whatever I could find. Probably a gum wrapper was in there somewhere.
1: (laughs) See, in eighth grade, um, the inside of the closet door, I put sticky notes all over. Just random nonsense.
0: (laughs) I I thought it
1: was the coolest thing, but yeah, I took it down the year after. But it probably was cool. Yeah. Did, did
0: you do everything on the sticky notes, or did other people contribute?
1: No, I just, like, it was little quotes and sayings and just randomness.
0: I love that. <laughs> there was an art show in L.A. This was a few number of years ago. The whole show was artwork done on Post-it notes. That's cool. And it was packed, and I think everything sold. People were going crazy, you know, because each one was like 20 bucks. You know, so they were like not very expensive purchases, but Mm -hmm. I just thought it was such a genius, kind of a genius idea.
1: And it's really hard to draw in such a small
0: little area. Mm Mm-hmm. I know that. Oh. Oh, we have a special (laughs) guest here. (laughs) Her name is Tilda. (laughs) Was there anything that you wanted to do in your room that your parents said, nope, not going to happen?
1: Um, not re- Well, I wanted to paint the original room, and they're kind of just, no, keep it white, keep it white, keep it white. That wasn't really a big deal, though. Mm-hmm. And all the other things that were said no to were just because of size. Because I wanted a desk, and couldn't fit a desk in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wanted a bigger bed, and that also didn't fit. But after we got, after I got the new room, It was easy and good.
0: I know, I can't imagine you making some kind of outrageous request. (laughs) (laughs) And do you feel like when you go to your friends' houses and see their rooms and hang out in their rooms, do you learn more about them by spending time in their spaces? Sometimes. I mean,
1: it depends on how much work went into the room, because I feel like... Some people just have rooms to sleep in, and others actually do the rooms up and spend more time in there. And so it, it kind of depends person to person.
0: And do you, like if this person, their room is more just kind of utilitarian, this person's more done up, Does do those fit? Like, you're like, oh yeah, of course my friend's yeah. room is more just...
1: Because usually those are the type of people that go out more, or... With their family more.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I'm not at all surprised that you had very specific ideas for what you wanted to do with your room. Because that's we're we're like that. Yeah. We're kindreds in that way.
1: <laughs> I like had too many ideas. <laughs> that <laughs> I was <know>. the problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so if your mom and dad said, Okay, Sukena, you're in charge of decorating the whole and designing the whole house. Would you cha- do anything wildly different than what you have now?
1: Not not really. Um, we've been thinking about getting the kitchen remodeled, and I'd probably go ahead and do that. hmm I mean, I, I really like her house. I'd just do a little touch-ups here and I wouldn't really change anything. I like her house. It's very—it's a family house. It isn't fancy and all of that stuff. And that works for us.
0: hmm What do you love most about it?
1: Um, I like how you can walk through it and say like, oh, I remember this wall when I was two, we used to pose here and take pictures. I like, I like the history behind it because that's the house we were born in and raised. Nice. Yeah.
0: That's, uh, that's the opposite of me. Like I just, we moved all the time. So I'm always fascinated by people like you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> who've been in the same house their whole lives. That's, yeah. that's really cool, I think. And what do you love most about your own bedroom? Um,
1: probably that it's separate from the rest of... Not, yeah, I guess it's separate from the rest of the house. Because house is usually noise on every floor.
0: Because you have two brothers. Two brothers, yeah.
1: <laughs> and the TV's going or my mom's talking on the phone. And my room is usually just quiet, which is the way I like it. And I can play classical music and just kind of block out the noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I like it quiet all the time, too. I'm the same. And you know who loves classical music more than anything?
1: Uncle Harry.
0: And Farron. Farron likes it, too. She does. That's, she likes it quiet. Mm-hmm. So when your friends come into your room, is there something you want them to learn about you? Like, like what do you want I, so, someone you don't know? How about this? Someone you don't know, you've never met them before, they come into your room, what would you like them to learn about you? What would you like them to walk away thinking about you?
1: Well, whenever there's a person that's coming, just doesn't matter who it is. I always like to have my room spotless. And I don't know, that probably reflects on just how neat I want my day to be and just, you know, how much I plan things. My room is kind of like that. And I always want them to notice the bookshelf.
0: <laughs> oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how about the way your books were organized? Is it free-for-all or do they? Ha- is there a um, system?
1: It looks like it's a free-for-all, and I think I'm kind of the only person that can understand the order they're put in because some of them are by genre some of them some of them are just by like the feeling you get when you read the book similar feelings i put Mm, together nice yeah i didn't do by you know names or any of the alphabetical orders no
0: (laughs) and why are these things important to you
1: well i feel like they kind of Not define who I am, but they're important aspects of my life. I like to have everything mentally neat, if that makes sense.
0: Mm Mm-hmm, totally.
1: And then, I don't know, I like people to feel welcomed.
0: And what does that, how does that, like, contribute to your, to joy, to having a joyful life, or, or living the kind of life you want to live? Like having things in order and neat and...
1: Well, okay, I feel like if you set up what you want in a certain way, it's more likely to happen. Yes. Because just kind of winging it, you might not get done all the things that you really want to get done. So making a plan is kind of almost solidifying that, like, this needs to happen, this is what I want to do. I like that.
0: And it also sounds like you've learned how to take your plans and allow your intuition to come into play. Like you talked earlier about you had a plan for your room and for all these colors, but then you went in and picked something completely different because of what you saw in the moment.
1: Well, i need to get better with that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I've, I've tried to work out where this is the plan and making room for... Forks in the road.
0: That's very wise. Okay. And it's a lifelong practice. So that's awesome that you're already doing that and that, that you're already aware of that is astounding. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: If someone said to you right now, okay, Sukena, you can redo your room right now, however you want, would it be radically different than what you have now?
1: No. I wouldn't add any. Well, okay, I'd add a bigger closet. Because mm. <laughs> the closet is a little small. That's about it. I'd probably get more paintwork mm-hmm. to put on the walls. But yeah, no, that's I like my room. That's nice. Yeah.
0: And what advice would you give to some and someone else your age who's getting ready to redesign their room or design their own space for the first time? What What would you tell them?
1: Um. Try to organize their thoughts without being overly um, strict with what they want. Because you can organize it so, okay, this is the you know road I'm taking, this is what I want to do, but planning every single step usually just is a waste of time because once you see the actual stuff, you can totally change your mind once it's in front of you.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good advice.
1: Thank you.
0: And what... One more question. What were your most important values when you started working on your new bedroom?
1: I wanted it to be comfortable. I wanted it to be something I liked. So it wasn't more... Because it's my space, and so I wanted it to be my type of style. And I wanted it to be functional. And I got it to be functional. Mm -hmm. Because I have a desk, I can do homework, I have my books in an actual spot, and
0: I have a bed. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about all of this. Do you have anything else you want (laughs) to (laughs) share? We're like, please don't bark, Tilda, because it's really loud and it scares us. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I hope you have the best sweet 16 party ever in the whole world. Thank you. Thank you. I went down the Google rabbit hole this morning looking for things related to the idea of our home being a reflection of who we are. And from that Google search, I found an article called The Psychology of Space. What Does Your Home Say About You? And from that, I found a book called Snoop, What Your Stuff Says About You. And from there, I ended up at a website called True Home, which is this, I guess, a contractor and architect and design group that helps people design their homes based on All kinds of different things, not just how many bedrooms do you want and where do you want the kitchen, but what feels peaceful to you and what makes you feel safe and what are your values and what kind of ideas do you want to express about yourself within the architecture of your home. I also ended up at a website which let me take this little quiz, which was supposed to help me discover my home decor style. And the result of that said, I have rustic tastes and want my home to be laid back and have an easy, beautiful vibe. I'm not afraid of mixing and matching items, and I love ensuring my home is cozy and inviting to my guests. My home has tones of personality, and there's probably some great stories behind my purchases. Which is actually pretty spot on. And that was kind of surprising because I thought the question's you know, they just felt kind of silly. And I felt like, well, none of these answers is quite right. So I'll answer the one that feels closest to being right. But in the end of, you know, it was, I think maybe six or seven questions. It wasn't long, but somehow it managed to kind of sum up my quote-unquote design aesthetic pretty well. <laughs> so I'm obviously not the only one thinking about what a home is and all the things that we do to make it an expression of ourselves. And I love that. I love that there are these design firms that will help someone design a home based on something more than just square footage. And I love that there's a book called Snoop because that's exactly what I am. Whenever I go into someone's home, I love looking at all their shelves and pictures. And I love learning about who someone is based on, what their home looks like and what's in their home. There's a certain perspective I would love to have if I were able to travel back in time, which is that I would love to see and maybe even stand in all of the spaces I've inhabited. Like, what have all my rooms looked like? I certainly have memories of almost all of my rooms, But to be able to look more closely at the details, to look through things like my calendar book from high school, to see what magazines I had laying around on the floor when I was in college, to look at the books that were in my room when I was in elementary school. I would love to see how the spaces have evolved and to be able to look at everything in those spaces and say, oh, right, I had that because of this and I had that because of that. I had this radio when I was a kid. It was like this yellow globe radio, popular in the 70s. And at one point I thought, oh, maybe I can buy one on eBay because for whatever reason, for for nostalgic reasons, I thought it might be cool to have one. But then I thought, no, that's probably just going to be something I end up putting in a garage sale. So I had a friend of mine paint one for me. I commissioned her to paint this funny little yellow radio. That was Jolie Gilbo, who is an amazing painter. And I just love the painting. I love that it is not the actual thing, but instead it is an impression. And it's a 2 dimensional image of this object that I had when I was younger that for some reason that image I see that I've seen pictures of these radios they also had them in blue and red like they were only available in primary colors maybe white but it's one of those funny objects that I see and and I'm immediately taken back to that age when I was playing marbles and running through my sprinkler and riding my bicycle everywhere And I don't have a whole lot of memories of playing in my room. But the attention that I gave to my room and my own spaces, it reflected what Carol Ferris told me in that astrology reading, where that period of my life where I became a little bit more inward, even though I was still super extroverted and had a lot of friends and was really involved in high school activities and things like that. But my personal space, my dwelling in my home, it became increasingly important to me that that be a reflection of me. And now here I am all these decades later and my home is so important to me. It's so important that it reflect my values and the values that my husband and I have for ourselves and our lives and our family and anyone who walks through our front door. And I love all the ways that we can take a space with blank walls and a floor and fill it with colors and patterns and images and objects that tell a story about who inhabits them and how in that regard, every home is kind of like a snowflake. It is totally unique and reflective of what country someone lives in and whether or not they have kids and whether or not they are musicians or gardeners or doctors or lawyers or lovers of books or naturalists or a collector of silver spoons or whatever it is that someone is passionate about. I love learning about who someone is based on what I see within their homes and their rooms and their spaces. It's going to be interesting to see how our space unfolds as we begin to move in this fall. And I look forward to sharing that journey on this podcast as we continue to go down this road. I'll be back next week with more stories. Transplant is a podcast produced by Christine Mason-Miller. That's me. To learn more, visit my website at christinemasonmiller.com. Thanks so much for listening.